and welcome to Be Still, Be Free. My name is Amber Miller, and I'm here today with Monica Steely and Sarah Godey. Hello. Hi. And we are right smack dab in yes. the middle of our series. It's my turn. Be Redeemed. It's Sarah's turn. We've, we've covered two women so far, Rahab with Monica. Actually, we've covered four. Well, well, technically four and then plus Joseph a little bit. If you count last week's episode, which three Tamars, three Tamars and a Joseph walked into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, so is my Kisman Redeemer here. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't get any of these jokes, that means you need to go listen to last <laughs> week's exactly episode. Right. Uh, we've, we've covered a lot of ground, a lot of biblical ground, a lot yeah. of years, uh, a couple it's a thousand several, years about so far several centuries so um yeah make sure you go out go back and check out the last two episodes because um, i think they're really rich in and some biblical truths for you um but we're very excited to move on and start talking about sarah yes. we're doing not we're, me sarah not sarah Abraham. the podcaster yeah but Maybe. sarah <laughs> is going to be talking about sarah sarai sarah, sarah to start yes. from from the scriptures I'm so, so excited. <laughs> from those old scriptures from those old, that good old testament there you go old testament times all right so yes. tell us sarah about sarah okay. so you know in the first go of series uh, bnf i chose eve and it just kind of happened this way i chose eve and she was the matriarch of all and then we have sarah who's the matriarch of many and she's going to be the mother or she is the mother of all the jewish people um, so what I did, I kind of mirrored this a little bit like my Eve thing and I Which did a, bi- so a bio. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do a bio on Sarah so we can learn a little bit about her and then we'll go into her conflicts and her redemptions. So, um, to start off Wikipedia, that's where I got this stuff. <laughs> okay. Sarah was the wife of Abraham. Abraham. She was Abram. also Abram. Oh, yeah. She was also his half sister. There's a oh. little weirdness. Did I wow. know that? I don't think I knew that. I know, that. right? I did not know that. Um, yes, that that she was his half-sister. So when they literally would tell Pharaoh and Abimelech that she was his sister, it was not truly a lie. Huh. It's just a kind of little lie. They just admitted that she was also his wife. Right. Um, the Hebrew name Sarah indicates a woman of high rank and is translated as princess. Well, I should say that was Sarai princess sure um or noble woman it is believed that sarah came from a very noble family that she was well educated that she um was very well put together she was a very just a, a noble woman she was just one of those women that people noticed they recognized her um but when it was translated and so sarah i meant my princess but later when it was changed into sarah it just meant princess And it is believed that the reason why God did this is because it began to identify the royalty that would come from her. Mm. Because if she was going to be the mother of many kings, then she herself had to be royalty like a princess. So it went from being my princess to being princess. Mm. Um, This showed her position. I thought that was very interesting. Mm -hmm. interesting. Approximately 10 years younger than Abraham, she was. So when Abraham was 75, they left their hometown. She was apparently very beautiful, um, and because of this, Abraham called her his sister twice. One was to Pharaoh, who actually took her into his house, and the second was second one was Abimelech. God did not allow either man to hurt her, and Pharaoh actually gave her land, which is where the Israelites settled 
when they went back to Egypt, which I thought was very interesting. Um, It is also possible that he gave Hagar to her as a gift. God rescued her from Pharaoh through plagues and from Abimelech through a dream. And Pharaoh kicked them out of Egypt after he learned that she was Abraham's wife. And it wasn't in an ugly way. He's just like, you got to get out. Take all the things I gave you and get out. And we're going to talk about this a little bit later. At 86, Sarah suggested Abraham take Hagar as his wife. Uh, because at 86 yep she was 86 and she's like can you imagine like being that good looking at 86 yeah she was she was in one of some of the research that i did said that actually when they would go on these long trips because you know they went from their hometown to canaan from canaan to egypt egypt back up that um it was at the end of these trips is when abraham said we need to disclose who you are that you know when we go on trips we like haggard and tired and worn out and it is believed that she got more beautiful with age and she got more beautiful on these journeys isn't that interesting yeah crazy I want some of that. I want some of those jeans. I know, I know. I'll travel. But she's starting pretty much, I know, right? Make me go on trips. She pretty much started to believe, I'm not going to have this baby that we were told about. So we need to do something else about this. And you should sleep with Hagar, take her as your wife, and have a son. And he did, and they did, and his name was Ishmael. Um, And then tensions begin to rise between Sarah and Hagar. When Abraham was 99... He was told again that he and Sarah were going to have a son because he was told originally, you're going to be the father of many nations. Now he's told specifically that you're going to have a son. Mm. Um, And soon after this, they had Isaac. He was 100 when they when Isaac was born. So Sarah was 90. Sarah was 127 years old when she died. She's the only woman in the Old Testament whose age is given. When she passes away, mm. Sarah is the mother of the Jewish people. Hagar is the mother of the Arab people. And Abraham was the father of all those nations. Mm. Um, very interesting. Also very interesting that the um, Quran talks about Abraham. Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. They, uh, they talked to him about him being a great prophet, how he saw it after the one true God. Um, very, very interesting to hear that they talk about Ishmael and they talk about Abraham. And I think Isaac may be mentioned. Sarah, though, apparently is not truly mentioned in the Quran the mm. way that Hagar is. Um, and, it, and I thought that was just very interesting because we don't think about Abraham being talked about in any kind of other religious publications. No. Right. right. But if he was the father of Ishmael, it would only make sense that he would also be of importance to mm-hmm. The Middle Eastern yeah. countries. Interesting. Um, and in the New Testament, she is a woman that Peter often refuses to as the model of what a beautiful, faithful woman looks like. She was truly Azar, like Eve. Mm. She truly was faithful to Abraham. Her faith to God was shown through her faith in Abraham. And we'll study here in her conflicts that even when Abraham did stupid things, it is never noted anywhere in scripture that she stood up against him, that she argued with him, that she rioted with him, that she stood her ground for him or any of that. Like they truly worked together in their mistakes and in their successes. It's really quite beautiful. So let's start off with our first conflict. Our first main conflict I want to talk about is Pharaoh. And this is in Genesis 12. The conflict is that Sarah goes along with Abraham and pretends to be only his sister. Pharaoh takes her into his harem and blesses Abraham with gifts and treasures because he's so favorable with Sarah. Like, he is smitten with her. He, has, he sees her, and he has to have her. 
Not only does he have to have her, he lavishes her with gifts. He gives her the land, gives her the handmaiden, gives her all of this stuff in this harem. But he also turns around and blesses Abraham with livestock and land and servants. And and he makes life very easy for Abraham because he's so grateful for the gift of Sarah. Um, And so interesting here is that Sarah's already been promised to be the mother of of many nations along with Abraham. So even though they've already been promised this, Abraham still gives Sarah over Mm. to Pharaoh. Isn't that crazy? Like you just think about that. You're right. It was just the fear, right? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to me is that he can be called a man of such faith, but he wrestled with such fear at the same time, which I think is part of the redemption. Again, he chose ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So here's the beautiful redemption in this. God rescues Sarah from Pharaoh's bed by sending great plagues to the house of Pharaoh. Mm. Okay, so who's the one who really did wrong here? Sarah and Abraham. Right. But who did God smite with plagues? All of each. Pharaoh. That's right. All of his house. So Pharaoh Pharaoh starts thinking, okay, something's going on here. And he starts putting two and two together. And he thinks about this timeline of when these plagues have started to happen. And they started to happen when he took Sarah into his home. So he's like, okay, I got to figure out what's happening. And he goes to Abraham and he's like, dude, what did you do? (laughs) And it comes out that Sarah is also abraham's wife and he's like since you've been doing this your god has been handing plagues over to me and my family and this has got to stop you need to take sarah and you need to leave you can keep everything that i've given you but you need to take sarah and you need to leave as well as you can take hagar and so they're given all of these things that i mean think about pharaoh pharaoh could have completely taken them down and he doesn't um and it was interesting here too is that the plagues were not necessarily God's anger to Pharaoh. It was his warning yeah, and his warning to all people. You cannot touch my people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not angry at you, but right. I've got to get you to stop this. And this was the only way that he could get Pharaoh to say, okay, I'm done. I'm yeah. going to give it back. I'm going to give her back. Give it back. I'm going to give her back. Does um, it say what the plagues are? Is it the same as later? You know what? I don't know because I don't remember reading specifically that it was. Heard. I don't yeah. think so. Okay. Now that you're saying that, um, because every time I read it, it was just plagues. Mm-hmm. The plagues. Interesting. Um, so anyways, again, gives this land to Sarah. Of course, she can't take it with her. Sarah and Abraham go on. They have Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. They have 12 tribes. They end up, you know, Joseph goes back to Egypt. Now all the brothers move back to Egypt too. This is where they are and this is where they settle. I think that's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he gives Hagar as a gift. So conflict, Abraham and Sarah make a horrible decision. Lack of faith, yeah. not truly believing in the promise, gives Sarah to Pharaoh And the redemption is, is God outstretches his arm and says, here am I, I'm going to take care of you. I'm not going to let Pharaoh hurt you. And I'm not going to let him blemish the promise in which I have bestowed upon Mm, you. Right. I think that's gorgeous. I do too. Well, and it's just, it's beautiful to look back at that and just be like, if God says it, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just will. It just will. You know? Yeah. And, And here we are flesh. Ordinary people, how many times are we just flesh and ordinary people making everyday mistakes? Yeah. Like he's made so many, he's promised us he's coming back. 
yet look at the way we live. Yes. Yeah, he promises he's taking us to a place that he's prepared for us, right. yet look at how we constantly right. live, right? So we do the same things, but our redemption has already been made and the promise is coming. Yeah. Just like the promised land has com- is coming to them, the land that which he had promised them isn't even delivered to Abraham and Sarah until years later mm-hmm. when it's Joshua and the Israelites going right. into the story of Rahab. Right. Which is crazy. Isn't that crazy? crazy? It's such a big circle. Okay, here's our second conflict, Hagar. This is in uh, Genesis Genesis 16 and 21. All right, so there's two stories here of Hagar. The first one is, again, so many years have passed since Abraham and Sarah have been told they're going to be the father and mother of many nations. So Sarah starts thinking, okay, I better let him fulfill this through somebody else. Says, I've got this handmaiden. And Sarah and Hagar were close. They were, like, super close. They loved one another. And I think that's probably why Sarah was like, this is this makes sense, right? I love her. This right. will be the best case scenario. He sleeps with her. She gets pregnant. They have a son. And it's kind of like the reverse of the Redeemer yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yes. Bit. Yeah. And so now we've got this, ick, right? I mean. Which is interesting that that isn't a law. Right. Right. Yeah, right? Um, And it's interesting how many sexual sins are all a part of all of these stories, too. I mean, you look at the sexual sins of today and the sexual sins of yesterday, right? It's really kind of crazy. Um, So anyways, so the the conflict is Sarah gives Hagar to Abraham and says, have sex with someone else, have a child with someone else. God couldn't fulfill this in and of himself. He needs me to help intervene, and here you go. Huge conflict. The beautiful redemption is God didn't even punish Sarah for this or Abraham for that matter. He didn't say, okay, fine. You decide not to trust me. Ishmael's going to be it. Mm-hmm. Sarah's not going to be part of the story. Here's the great promised son that all of the lineage of, of David will come through and ultimately Christ and we're done. He still sticks to the promise, mm-hmm. right? He still yeah. sticks yeah. to, nope, this is not the prophesied one. But I'm still going to make him the father of a great nation. And he did make him the father of a great nation. Um, Hagar, his son, her son's very influential. He becomes very powerful. And in the Quran, it is noted that he was also a powerful prophet like his father. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So the redemption is God did not thwart the plan or the promise that he bestowed on Abraham and Sarah just because they weren't patient enough. So they're not powerful enough to ruin God's plan. Yes, yes, they're not. Nothing that we do is powerful enough to ruin the plan of God. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. Like He's greater than that. Mm-hmm. His plan is greater than that. His story is greater than that. His redemption is stronger than anything else that we can ever do. All right, a little footnote here. I told you this just a second ago, but Abraham is written about in the Quran. I didn't do a ton of studying here, but it was very interesting. If, if you have time to look up Abraham and look up Ishmael, look up Isaac and, and study, what does the Quran have to say about Abraham? Um, what does it have to say about Ishmael? What does it have to say about Isaac? It is really, it's a great history lesson. Like it's eye opening because we live in a world right now where um, the Muslim religion, is extremely strong and growing and the Christian faith is extremely strong and growing and there is that um, tension that tension right and I believe that is part of the consequence of Sarah Mm -hmm. right Sarah Sarah would always have to live with the fact that she 
intervened in a way that begat a nation that would always be at tension with the mm-hmm. line of Isaac. Wow. Isn't that kind of crazy? Right. Like she's the one that kind of um, instigated an enemy for her son mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. Right. Think about Eve. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Eve initiates sin. Mm-hmm. She starts the whole process of death. You know, I mean, you want to talk about instigating. And she had to watch her children die. She had to watch her children kill. Mm -hmm. She had to watch all of these things happen. She had to watch them get kicked out of the garden. She had to watch people suffer. I mean, talk about that lot to live with. And then now you've got Sarah, who these are women that God created to be azers to Mm -hmm. this this world, the story of Christ. Um, And she goes and produces the father of the nation that we would have most conflict with that's crazy okay so here's number two is Sarah and Hagar so once Isaac is born Sarah hears Hagar mocking her about having had Isaac because she was so old it just was so unbelievable and of course Hagar's now jealous because she knows that Isaac is really the promised one by God um and so Sarah goes to Abraham and says I want her out I'm done need to get rid of her so this is Abraham's son. This was, I don't, you know, we don't know. I don't think that Abraham and Hagar are probably still intimate with one another, but we don't really know where their relationship started or stopped, according to anything that I read. Um, and Abraham's conflicted, right? Like, it's just like us to go to our husband and say, hey, you know, they're out. Do something about it. And so Abraham consults God. God reveals to Abraham in a dream you need to do it. Whatever Sarah says, you need to do it. So we need to be putting that on plaques. I know. In our house Especially whatever me. Whatever Sarah whatever says, do it. You listen to Sarah. And I thought that was so fantastic because even in all of her mistakes, he's saying, hey, she's got wisdom. Mm-hmm. He knew the tensions that were coming. He knew it wouldn't be good for them to stay together. And even though probably it was fleshly motivated in so many ways for Sarah to get rid of Hagar at the same time, there was probably a lot of wisdom in mm-hmm. separating these two families out and, and then being gone and on their own. And, well, and there's so, going to be a lot of emotional tension between Abraham's loyalties to both of them. Yes. And God, I think, was saying, Sarah is your priority, not that's right. Because she's your wife. Hagar is the mother of your other son, but not she's not your wife. She's not your wife. Right. That's right. She's not she's not the one who's going to to help you grow my people. Mm-hmm. Right? They were not going to be Jesus's people. Yeah. They weren't going to be the Jews. So the redemption is that God continues to stand behind Sarah. I mean, she's done these things along the way, right? But she ne- she never really doubts the promise. She just doubts the process. She doesn't doubt. Um, she doesn't doubt God's deliverance. She just sometimes puts herself in these little quirky situations, and so she remains faithful to him. But he remains even more faithful mm-hmm. to her, right? Mm-hmm. I just think that's so beautiful. Okay, so here is the second part of of um, Hagar as well. Um, oh, Sarah, hold on. I'm sorry. I talked about the laughing part. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, here's a little funny story. So Sarah laughs when she finds out that she's going to have a baby, mm-hmm. right? And God is like, the visitor is like, why are you laughing? 
do you not believe that God of all can cause you to to have a baby at any time? I mean, who wouldn't laugh at that, really, right? For sure. And Abraham was even laughing about it. So when she has Isaac, they even laugh about it. And they're like, this is... This is crazy. This I'm is 90 years old and I'm having a baby. Yeah. And she says, people will laugh for years and generations with us about this. And not scoffing God about it, but just the, like, I think Abraham and like Sarah probably had a really good sense of humor. Yeah. Like, I really think they were probably like, this is, you know, like, come on, who's going to believe this, right? Um, and I think they had a great sense of humor about it. But so much so that God had a great sense of humor about it, too, because they allowed him to call Isaac, Isaac. And the Hebrew word for Isaac is, is laughter. laughter. <laughs> that is so funny so again i think that's kind of this redemption story Mm -hmm. of you know it could be he could have come up with some really lessening a lesson name like i'm going to teach you something through the name of this kid i've given you and you'll never laugh about it again right but now we're going to name the kid laughter right yeah i think that is so great um okay so abimelech here's our conflict once again as if the first time was not enough, Abraham convinces Sarah to pretend to be his sister oh to King Abimelech for the same reason, because she's beautiful. And he's afraid if anybody finds out that that is his wife, they will kill him so that they can have her. But if you're just the sister, they have no reason to kill you. They'll lavish you with gifts, which again, Abimelech does. But this time, Sarah prays out to God and she's like, please do not let him lay a hand on me. The redemption, God delivers a dream to Abimelech and demands that he release Sarah back to Abraham. And Abimelech does. Mm. Again, neither of them touched, neither of them harmed, neither of them thwarted out of this promise that God Mm. had given to them. Um, And again, I think that's just a beautiful thing that we are not strong enough. We are not big enough. We are not powerful enough. We are not able to thwart the plan of God. Like when he has a plan, no matter what we do along the path, we can't screw it up. Not only can we not screw it up, but God's compassion is so big and so great. And remember that definition that I read earlier about redemption, about being compassionate. Mm-hmm. If you look at each and every one of this, he was so compassionate. He was so merciful in the way that he just continued to not give Sarah and Abraham what they deserved. Because he knew in the end, like they truly believed in him. They were just sinning. They were just being people along the way. And I think that the encouragement in that for us, the redemptive story in that for us is that we're just people. Yeah. We're just flesh and we're just making mistakes along the way. But that doesn't mean he's not going to ultimately use us. The promise is there that he's going to use us to build his kingdom. So just because we're not perfect, just because we mess up, just because we have we have a thorn in our flesh doesn't mean that we just have to throw our hands up in the air and go, oh, he can't use us. Because every woman that we've talked about here has been an average, normal, sinful woman mm-hmm. that God has used in a story of great redemption and to bring about the promised one. Well, and it just goes to show that God God sees every aspect of our be yes. and doesn't hold our do against us. Which it's because it's not about our do. Right. He, like, knew, he knew the knew heart. heart. He yeah. Knew, like regardless of all the mistakes and sure there's going to be consequences to those, but it doesn't prevent because he knows the truth. Yeah. He knew Eve was going to, to eat the fruit when he created her. He could have created anybody else. Right. He could have breathed life into that body of anyone else. But he chose her because there was something about her that had to be used to bring about 
the prophecy to bring about the story that was yeah. written before we even knew what the story was going to be. Yeah. You know, the same thing with Elizabeth, same thing with Tamar, the same thing with Rahab, the same thing with Priscilla, the same thing with, with Sarah. He knows the story before we've ever even seen it written. They didn't have the Bible yeah. in front of them. They didn't even start having the prophecy of the, 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 right. the promised one. The first promise that or prophecy that we had was just when when God made the claim to Eve, it will strike. Fr- yes. he, that's will, right. Mm-hmm. That's exact. That was the first. They didn't know what that meant. Right. Right. There had never been a Messiah or a Jesus or a son or an anything. Eve probably thought it meant one of her children. Yeah, you're right. She could have just like, been oh, a descendant. One of my boys is going to step on the serpent. Yeah. And voila. Right. Who knows? Know these many years later. I mean, they didn't still... even have the covenant. No. Right. Crazy. So early on, these are such early on wow. stories that it's just they hadn't even been in the promised land. Like the there really covenant. wasn't they even, even they didn't have old, <laughs> they didn't even have there weren't even the twelve tribes yet until Rahab. Really, I mean, when you think about that and Tamar, Joseph like Tamar. we didn't have those those things yet. Crazy. Um, yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's so, I love that we're doing this because I forget that, mm-hmm. like what you're saying, like how far back this stuff goes so far back and how much trust Sarah had to have you know I feel like it's easy to look back and be like why didn't she just trust God yeah but but she she, didn't have there was no like real compass to know spirit that looked like yeah and even like Eve you know Eve got to walk with God and see him but Sarah didn't even have that like gosh that required so much I mean it was even back before there were a ton of prophets mm-hmm. or yeah mm-hmm. you know that's right anything but it is said that neither one of them ever denied jesus christ that they believe or god that they believed in him yeah and even the quran says that he sought after the one true god like that's what he mm-hmm. was known for that there was no evidence to be seen all they mm-hmm. had were to see the miracles to see how he constantly redeemed them how he redeemed other people um you know when you think about it moses hadn't even come yet so there was no parting of the red sea I mean, there were very limited things. They saw the plagues thrown onto Pharaoh. They saw how God always provided for them. They saw the visitors come and and sit and have dinner with them. But it was a very different time. It was a very different time. Mm -hmm. And so the greatest redemption in Genesis 21 is that Sarah bore son Isaac. That's the greatest redemption. The redemption Mm -hmm. is that he gave this barren woman at the age of 90 a promise, hmm. a, a, a come true promise. Mm-hmm. And he did, and she lived with him until 127, right? So she got many years, she got 37 years with him of seeing him become the promise that God wanted for mm-hmm. his many nations. Yeah. Um, Which and is then, such a blessing because, you know, she could have died at that's right. 100 and only seen him to grow up to be 10, but that's God exactly blessed her right. with extraordinarily long years so that she would still get the opportunity to be his mom. So there is a a theory and I couldn't find anything that proved the theory, but there is a theory that um, Sarah died of a broken heart from when Abraham took Isaac to the mountain for the sacrifice that when she found out 
that that's what was happening. She died of a broken heart because when Abraham came back, she had passed away. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a huge theory oh. about it because um, when I was researching her, how her life ended and when she passed away and so forth, there are several articles that came up that, that accounted to this theory that that is what she had passed away from. But there isn't a ton of evidence that points to that. And the Bible doesn't really... Um, doesn't really give to that. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, the book that, um, it's not the Bible. It's the, um, Torah, the Torah. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of stuff in the Torah that kind of leans a little more story that gives reason for people to think that. So that would have meant that Isaac was an adult Mm -hmm. when, well, I was just going to say, I never, in all the times I've heard the story of Isaac, I thought he was a boy, but if, he lived that long, you know, because she, she, she was, was one, that old when twenty-seven. She, then he, mm-hmm. yeah, he was like a young, he's yeah. a young man. So that's interesting. Just, we know that she was one hundred and twenty-seven. So if that theory was true, yeah. then that's how old he was. That's a fascinating thing. To and think that, about. Yeah, I, I love mean, regardless, like it's that. just I love to. Fa- so that was what yeah. kind of cool was cool about this study was that um, you know I did get into I didn't read the Quran, but I learned a little bit about the Quran and I learned a little bit about the Torah and I learned a little bit about other other theories and and thoughts that were out there. But no matter what you looked at, constantly talked about the faith of Sarah and Abraham. And I thought the other thing that was such a great redemption is that even with all, like we were talking about how, you know, he wrote about the prostitution. He, he, he was very, he allowed these women's stories to be very real. They're very real. These are not perfect women. And so how much more beautiful is it for us to see not beautiful, not perfect women being used by God. But another great redemption is that she was written about for all to learn and to know her faith and to know her story for years Mm-hmm. to come. I think that's beautiful. Oh, so cool. All right. So a couple of practical applications. First of all, I would encourage everyone to write out an encouraging scripture reminding you to trust God and then commit it to memory. For example, trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And the reason I say this is Sarah and Abraham, again, they didn't have scripture to, to put in their hearts. We do. So when things were going weird for them and wonky and should I be your sister? Should I be your wife? Should I give you Hagar? Should I not? They were having to, she was having to make all these decisions just based off of feelings. Mm -hmm. She didn't have the truth of the word of God. And, you know, the truth will set you free, right? And we Mm -hmm. talk about that. So I'd encourage you that when you're struggling with trusting what God is doing in your life, when you're struggling with believing what he's told you, when you're feeling like maybe he's not going to come through for you, if you've got the truth in, just like Jesus spoke the word to Satan in the desert, he will flee from you. And so I would encourage us in the place of life that we are, the blessing of the word of God, that we need to commit it. You need to have just one or two great verses that you can put in so that when you're going through those moments, you just call it back and call it out loud and Satan will flee from you. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is I would say start a faith jar. Find a jar, some scraps of paper, and every time you see God show his mercy towards you or even someone around you, write it down and put it in a jar. For instance... Pharaoh saved Sarah through the, or I mean, God saved Sarah from Pharaoh through the plagues. Mm-hmm. That is a, that's a faith thing, right? Like, like you see something happen, 
this is what God did to protect. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a thankful jar, but more than just a thankful jar. Like when you see something happening, how does God redeem? How does God bring forth? How does God rescue? And put it in a jar. And at the end of the year, or maybe around Thanksgiving, pull it out and remind yourself of the faith stories. Remind yourself of the redemption. Remind yourself of the rescue. Because I think that that will, in turn, allow you to continue to grow your faith. Well, and that goes, like, there's a lot of scientific evidence that talks about, like, what, like, if you have a gratitude journal that you write in at mm-hmm. night, for example, if you're faithful with those things, there's scientific proof about what it does to your mind and yep. your mood and that sort of thing. Renew so even your going mind. deeper with something related to faith mm-hmm. will for sure grow your Karen faith. Karen Leaf, go check her out. She's got great <laughs> stuff out there. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. Great. So anyways, that's what I have about Sarah. I love it. Well, you know, what's cool is um, I just had to look up the lineage since we've been trying to place all these people with the timeline since we're all in Old Testament stuff. So Sarah had Isaac. Isaac married Rebecca, who gave birth to Jacob, who was Joseph's dad. So then there's Tamar. That's right. Oh, gosh. There there we go. They were all. That's right. They were all Like, that's so close. close. Yep. We didn't even know that. We just Mm -mm. randomly picked names Mm -hmm. at the very beginning of all of this. really cool. Really cool. Well, that's awesome. Oh, this is such a good series. Okay. (laughs) So next week, we'll be talking about our... Personal application. Personal application, so, um, which I'm really excited about. So everybody tune in next week to see how you can take the stories of these women in the Bible and really apply them to yeah. your personal life. Yep. Start getting some redemption in That's your right. Life. Monica, would you pray for us? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your word and that we have it available to us in our hands where whenever we're struggling or questioning or um, trying to work through our faith, we can open it up and we can read these stories and be encouraged and reminded that you are so faithful and that your arm is never too short to reach us where we're at. I pray that we will take the story of Sarah and when we find ourselves in difficult situations and conflicts that we will remember your faithfulness, that we will do the things that you would have us to do that line up with your word. And I just ask that um, every woman that is listening be encouraged today and know that they are redeemed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.